This is Jerome McGinley, and you're listening to Get the Puck Out. All righty, guys. Welcome back to another episode of Get the Puck Out, presented by DeanBlendell.com. I am your host, Chris Mancuso. I am joined, as always, by Kyle O'Howe from the uh, the dirty streets of Welland, Ontario. Kyle, how you doing, buddy? Oh, great introduction. Good, good. Just uh, having a couple drinks here, uh, yeah. trying to get the day going. And Sun- uh, we got a guest on with us today. Yeah, Sunday fun day, and uh, it, we're going all the way to Las Vegas, which is like the hub of fun, the greatest city, the sin city. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Is that true? Our next guest here, uh, Darren Millard of the Vegas Golden Knights broadcast team, formerly with Sportsnet. How are you, Darren? Good. I, I, I always uh, subscribe to the philosophy that uh, what happened to Vegas beat you home, <laughs> uh, depend, depending on, on who you were traveling with and then how loyal they were. <laughs> yeah, that's right. There's a lot of factors when uh, when you're going into the Sin City that you have to consider if you're going to take a trip there. Uh, thanks a lot, first off, for joining us, Darren Millard, who also right now with the NHL season being on pod on uh, pause has brought back his podcast. Season two of The Chirp is out. I've heard episodes with uh, Doug McLean and John Shannon, and you got you got a lot of stuff coming with that. Uh, when did you decide to fire that back up? Was that only when the NHL season came down? And is that a project you're going to be working on in the summertime? Or how, how does that work for you? Yeah, no, it was, uh, it, it paused in September when I moved to Vegas and uh, wanted to um, sink my teeth into, into my new job with the Golden Knights and make sure my bosses knew where my focus was and, uh, and not freelancing around and doing all kinds of other things. So the, uh, it, it paused and the plan was to, to bring it back in, uh, in December and uh, and life happened and we just uh, got delayed a little bit but when when the pandemic occurred um, there's just uh, opportunity one uh, you're looking for things to, uh, to take care of and I'd been doing some interviews uh, throughout the year uh, in preparation for relaunching it and uh, the pandemic just uh, created the opening and the space and the uh, and the uh, opportunity to uh, to to relaunch it so uh, not the perfect time uh, not something that uh, that I wish would have happened but it's uh, it's something that I'll, I'll always do and uh, and through the course in the relationships with George Arabian and, and Dean and and uh, the folks uh, up there uh, have always planned on, on continuing so it's a it's a, it's a real passion of mine and uh, and now it's an opportunity to to get back into it so yeah we've got Shannon and McLean and Scotty Bowman coming up and Ken Hitchcock and a few a uh, few people PJ uh, stock with a cool story about Larry Holmes coming up uh, okay. there's there's lots of episodes uh, in the camp Peter Mansbridge uh, wow. I recorded with him a while ago uh, so that's that that's in the can just waiting uh pandemic is probably not the right time to launch an episode with uh, one of uh, the most notable newscasters so i've uh, yeah. probably wait till after uh, <laughs> when, when we're not talking about a pandemic uh, yeah exactly we'll, we'll sit on that one for a little bit but the, yeah. yeah a lot in the, lot in the queue scotty bowman's got to be undisputed best coach in the nhl right There's yeah no dispute in that 1200 wins and uh 14 stanley cups is uh 
uh, uh, names uh, 14 times uh, he's got his name on the, the Stanley Cup uh, nine Stanley Cups as a coach uh, uh, three different teams uh, winning the championship uh, with franchises multiple franchises yeah it's uh, it's he's unbelievable but the, but uh, when when you guys listen to uh, the conversation uh, you'll just hear a guy that just loves the sport and is a, a great fan of the sport and wants to learn and know everything about the the sport. Uh, when I chatted with him the other day, he's he's in the midst of reading a book on Toe Blake. Now he knows Toe Blake uh, or knew Toe Blake and uh, knew everything about him, but uh, he was reading a book on and trying to get to know Toe Blake, uh, the the player, and uh, then was also reading a book on Nick Lidstrom while well, he coached Nick for for 10 years. Uh, so the fact that he's reading about Nick Lidstrom, a guy that he knows uh, uh, very, very well, uh, just gives you an idea of how much the guy just yearns to, to know everything he can, uh, can about the game. And he just, he, he loves it. He's, uh, he's way more of, uh, he'll come across way more of a fan than he will as a guy with 14 Stanley Cups, which I yeah. think is a real credit to, uh, to Scott. He's just a, just a cool, fun guy to talk hockey with. Yeah, hockey runs in the Bowman blood. You see his son Stan had a, has had a lot of success with the Chicago yeah. Blackhawks. They've kind of come down a little bit, but I want to talk first off, we're talking about the pandemic. Uh, first off, how's everything going with you guys in Vegas? I guess if there's anywhere to be locked up, Las Vegas isn't too bad with the weather. No, it's great. Uh, I mean, uh, we, we live in Summerlin, which is about uh, 25 minutes away from the Strip uh, from T-Mobile. Uh, six minutes away from the practice facility in our offices with the, with the Golden Knights. It's uh, it's amazing. It's it's an absolute. It's uh, I always uh, uh, tell people it's um, it's it's like living in uh, Arizona, but uh, but you've got the Strip right there. That's basically what it is. You've got the great weather. It's uh, it's uh, uh, very casual. Uh, uh, there's hiking. There's biking. There's all kinds. Of, you can get outside. You can do everything. So uh, we have a 13 year old and a 10 year old, and we've just done birthdays through a pandemic. But uh, the kids are doing great with their school, and mom's doing uh, okay. Although uh, six weeks in, she's uh, she's ready to be done being a teacher. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but we're, uh, we're 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 doing well. Our, our pets and our kids and our family are all uh, are all doing great. And it sure beats uh, being cooped up where you have to put on all the winter garb and do all that kind of stuff. That's, yeah, that's true. Uh, that, it's, uh, it's an advantage. Yeah. That's well, 10 huge... and 13, right? Like they're kind of at the age where they can probably understand this a little bit more where, you know, we, we had uh, uh, across the street from us, you know, honker horn. It was like a seventh, seventh year old birthday party. And like, you know, they probably don't understand maybe as much, you know, why the friends can't be there and how you kind of can't, you know, join together. It, like it, that, here's a cool, weird thing bizarre thing about it is the kids just moved here in January late December right right before Christmas so um there's a couple of months into school so they don't have a lot of real uh ties or real mm, strong enough. friendships yet so so celebrating their birthdays they they want to celebrate their birthdays with their friends back home so we did a couple of video chats and things like that yeah. oh, nice. so it wasn't as uh it wasn't as traumatic as uh as let's say it did it could have been not yeah. saying that's great but uh but we kind of we uh the, the, the blow was softened a little bit there yeah yeah now darren i want to talk to you quickly here we've done you know yeah. 70 games into an nhl season middle of a pandemic um it feels like uh 
the the season could really be in jeopardy. They're they're dedicated to finishing it, and I think that's ultimately what's going to happen, no matter how long this goes. Where do you kind of see this thing going? And I know that as someone who works uh, in the inner circles of hockey, you definitely would have a lot more uh, knowledge than someone like Kyle and myself would have on the matter. So, what do you think is going to happen? What have you heard is going to happen? Well, first of all, uh, you guys uh, would, I mean, with when it comes to ideas, um, like ideas are coming from left, right, uh, and center, close and, and far. So uh, keep them coming. Uh, but what uh, the, the, the information that I've been able to, to glean from, the, uh, from the, the powers that be is that, that everything's on the table. Uh, you're right. They are, uh, their, their goal is to, to present the Stanley Cup for the 2019-2020 season. And uh, and there's some wiggle room uh, because of the canceling of the Olympics and uh, and uh, open airspace uh, TV time slots uh, on NBC and NBC Sportsnet. Uh, there's there's opportunities there for television uh, in the United States, so that opens up a, a window. But I I mean, if I was going to guess, and this is uh, this is my own opinion here, so don't uh, think that this is coming from uh, New York. But uh, I, I would say we'll get started. Uh, late July, early August, and, and, and play the playoffs uh, in some kind of uh, format. Uh, I, I wasn't, I mean, and this, this will show you how much things change. I didn't think that, uh, that there would be any more uh, regular season games played. That's what uh, I thought, too. With, yeah, but, but in the last week, week and a half, it's, it's sort of shifted a little bit where uh, you're starting to hear a little more chatter about, uh, about all teams coming back and playing some games uh, in the um, – uh, resumption uh, of, of uh, or after the pause, post-pause uh, for the National Hockey League. Uh, and then you go into a tournament. And that would that would allow you to have a, a traditional 16-team tournament. Yeah. Uh, maybe you do the first two rounds, best of five. Uh, that's where I was kind of leaning all the way along, and best of sevens for the conference and, and, and the Stanley Cup final. But uh, but I didn't. I thought we would see more of a, a hybrid uh, with uh, 20, 24 teams uh, in a – in a pool type format or something along that line and then into a 16 team tournament. But, uh, but now it sounds like we might see some, some regular season games uh, out of the pause and then into, into what we're, uh, what we're more familiar with. So uh, there's, there's positives there. There's change there. Uh, there's evolution in the, uh, in the last couple of weeks uh, in, in different things uh, adjusting on the fly there. But, uh, but I think the big, biggest thing they, to take out of it is uh, Gary Bettman and Bill Daly uh, with the National Hockey League have uh, have stood uh, firm and been uh, very optimistic that uh, and committed to the fact that they want to present the Stanley Cup this year, which is I think good for everybody. Yeah, you can't you can't burn seventy games of a season. That's too you're too committed at that point. I agree with them. And yeah, finishing the regular season is an interesting one because. Yeah, an expanded tournament would have made sense. But then how many teams do you let in? Right now, there's only really a couple teams that would have anything to gripe about. And really, the New York Islanders being one as they were one point back in the playoffs. but had two. Yeah, Winnipeg yeah. is, is, Winnipeg is points, another, right? Uh, out yeah. on points. Out on points now, I, I don't think they play 82 games, but I think that's you what can I was going to say. Yeah. Situation, uh, where it's uh, maybe 74, 70, 75. Yeah, so some teams could have like six games left. Some teams could only have like four games yeah. left, just depending and, and on where allows, you are in your season. That's how they should do it. And no one should go into the playoffs to play cold. their way in, right? Yeah, uh, true. Yeah, because Plus you, you don't can't, want to start up playoff hockey cold. 
I don't think you can you can do twelve games here. It's just honestly, it's too much time. I think yeah. in, in the midst of this, where I think all you have to do is really just even out the number of games played between teams, whether that be seventy five or, or seventy six. Get a couple games going for a the teams that are on the outside looking in, who you know have games to to catch up on, uh, and b obviously to kind of get the flow of the game going. You can't just hop into some kind of elimination style tournament with twenty teams without having any practice. So. Well, or at least game uh, style. It's also dangerous for the players. Like, how, yeah. how do you go from zero to 60? Uh, two to three-week training camp, uh, Gary came out with that uh, this week. So that, that'll give you some ramp-up time. But uh, I'll be curious to see how they do it. Uh, doesn't, uh, I would be shocked if we had fans uh, in, in the buildings. There's a chance uh, until a vaccine for, for any yeah. fans in, in an arena. Well, at least for the first couple of rounds. And yeah. then, I mean, that, that gives you another month kind of thing. Um, so that's, uh, I, would be surprised if we had fans, uh, at, at the start, uh, and then how does that affect, uh, uh, finishing the regular season? Do you just have all these teams in one, uh, three or four locations and I they play, and they that. play games like that and, and then are eliminated and the other teams just stay there, uh, that are participating in the playoffs. So there's, there's a lot to be worked out, but, uh, but the positive thing is we're talking about working those things out and yeah. not about uh, being on the fence about, uh, about just postponing uh, the rest of the season and, and looking uh, ahead to October. Uh, uh, anyway, I mean, we're, we're in a situation where training camps would start in September. Uh, so there's, there's wiggle room. If you take out bye weeks and all-star games and, and started in mid November that, that you could still, could still get both seasons uh, in. So uh, I, I, I've been really positively impressed by uh by by how uh, big picture the national hockey league has taken this thing yeah darren i've heard that um there seems to be an importance on finishing a complete 2021 20, season like a full 82 games where to yeah. me the importance seems rather finishing the season whether it's a 70 game season next year it seems that the importance should be in finishing off this season which it sounds like it is that they're taking uh, obviously, the, the right concerns here. But one thing for me is that I thought that hockey almost might kind of take, I don't want to say a back seat, uh, but I, I do think that there are going to be other leagues that run beforehand. Like from some of the measures I've heard from baseball, we know that baseball wants to kickstart some kind of startup uh, and, and maybe lead the charge. Uh, but some of the things we're hearing on some of the limitations that they're going to be able to do, uh, you know, increased distance between umpire and catcher, uh, even, you know, no dugout settings where, you know, the, the players can, you know, sit in the empty stands and, and keep their distance. Whereas hockey, uh, you know what I mean? Well, like those, those, those benches are pretty tight. Let's, let's uh, look at it. Just, I, I think when, when the resumption does happen in professional sports, uh, and, and we're talking about the, the, like golf is there's, there's more uh, ability to be yeah. uh, distant, but uh, uh, I think you're going to have uh, more immediate testing available and, and quarantine uh, teams will be quarantined. Uh, so you'll have, you won't necessarily need all those, those, those really severe uh, precautions because uh, everybody will be uh, healthier, cleared of the virus and they'll all be in the same bubble. Uh, so you'd be able to operate a little more uh, routinely uh, mm -hmm. than, than say the, the umpire being a couple of feet back or, yeah. uh, uh, or, or players in the dugout. I, I heard that, uh, that too. And uh, um, yeah, they would have to have everybody cleared have testing first, right? Yeah. So, so I think, I think when you come back, you'll have, you'll have everybody uh, quarantined and, 
and the further along you go, the, the the further along you'll be you'll be in this bubble, and and teams will go by. The, when when people say players will be away from their family for two months, I mean, there's uh, I don't want to sound sound uh, flippant on this, but there's there's two teams that would be if you went that route would be outside the family, uh, away from their families for two months. Uh, most of the league uh, would uh, wouldn't be participating all the way to a Stanley Cup final. Obviously, so it's uh, yeah. there's 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 a lot of things that kind of get floated out there, and you and you read it and go, oh yeah, that's that's scary. But uh, and and I read a quote from uh, Max Pacioretty uh, of the Vegas Golden Knights who said he'd go to Antarctica for for two months yeah. if it meant competing <laughs> for a Stanley Cup. So Absolutely. Uh, the the players are willing to do this, and uh, and that's great buy-in as well to help Gary and Batman and Bill Daly. Yeah, definitely. So talking Vegas Golden Knights, obviously you're working with the team and that's going great there. I mean, I don't think the NHL or the ownership in Vegas, George McPhee, uh, Kelly McCrimmon, anybody there could have ever thought that this would start the way that it started. And they were looking pretty good here. You know, uh, that uh, Pacific was is really, really banged up and tied up there. But uh, I mean, what were you seeing from this team? I mean, they had just added Robin Lehner when, uh, you know, Marc-Andre Fleury maybe hasn't looked as good as he has in the last couple seasons. Uh, what, what, what were things like in Vegas kind of going into this? I mean, I feel like we've been out of hockey for so long. What was the yeah. like around the team and, uh, and around the fan base? It was, it was uh, to the point where you, you, you realized uh, that this team was as good as what you thought all along. And because there's, there are certain points of the season, I, I don't think it's any surprise. Uh, Vegas was considered the favorite to win the Pacific Division. But it never, it never really got going. There'd be two steps forward, a uh, step back, uh, two steps back, uh, three steps forward. There's just never the, the traction wasn't there throughout the season. There was big moments. There was big, uh, big wins, but but you couldn't you couldn't stretch that into five or six uh, games. They had a seven game homestand uh, to start the the new year, and they won the first four games. And you thought, boy, this is this is finally going to be happen this is where where it all clicks in gear and then they lost the last three of those games and uh and a game into the subsequent road trip is when they made the coaching change but uh, at the pause they they'd gone into alberta swept alberta for the first time in, in franchise history in the two and a half years uh two and three quarter years of the the franchise uh that was a big step because both uh, both games involved uh one uh, trying to keep uh, calgary uh, at arm's length, and and uh, Edmonton Oilers is a battle for first place. So two very big games uh, for the VGK, and you, you, you've you've seen this team take the steps and put things together, and and through some bumps and bruises and injuries, really start to play the the, the kind of hockey that uh, that everybody expected them to be, and play at the level they expected to be. So uh, in a lot of ways, the pause uh, was at the uh, the worst time uh, for for the Golden Knights because everything was coming together. Uh, and and clicking, and they were able to score goals, and the goaltending was great. And Shea Theodore was uh, was playing the best hockey, arguably, of his career uh, on the back end. Uh, so uh, that's uh, that's where the real disappointment was. Now, on the flip side, they they were really banged up also uh, at the pause. Pacioretty yeah. was out, Stone was out, um, Chandler Stevenson was dealing with some uh, some some ailments. Uh, so there's some some injury issues there. Do you think that's maybe a little bit to do with uh, the way that the NHL is trying to speed things up and kind of give that bye week? It almost seems to have done more damage with the, you've seen the names that were going out before the break. McKinnon got hurt. Stamkos had uh, core surgery and the amount of people kind of getting hurt. You Mark Stone yeah. to add to that list. 
I think it's more the, uh, the, the reflection and the intensity of the games uh, picking up and, uh, and it's, it's, uh, it becomes uh, uh, a lot more sell out your body and, and, and make plays and and do things that uh, that you have to do to win hockey games. And, and I think it's like playoff hockey. Um, uh, You you guys are hobbled and bumped and, and, uh, and carting their bodies around uh, and and they probably wouldn't play in regular season games as the playoffs. These are regular season games where you have to make sure you're ready for the playoffs, but you're still playing at the same intensity level. So I think that's more, uh, more a result of of it than the, uh, than the bye week and the, uh, and the all-star break. Uh, Look, the bye weeks here to stay outside of pandemic uh, uh, issues where where (laughs) next week, uh, the players aren't given that one. They they, they enjoy it too much. Yeah. It does well, no, condense I, some of the other games a little bit closer oh, together, yeah. but as you mentioned, you know, games, games are ramping up. Uh, uh, I'm a diehard Tampa fan. So it's just, it was crazy a couple of weeks ago to think that we might be looking at some kind of season cancellation. You know, teams have invested heavily. Look at the Islanders, what they shipped out for, for Pajot, uh, you know, Tampa yeah. committed to, they Two shipped first out a couple firsts, yeah. you know, imagine if, you know, to have Shattenkirk's one year deal for $1 million, just, you know, go away because the season gets shut down. Uh, the thought it's, was crazy, it, but it's it's bizarre, right? Yeah. Uh, like all these moves that 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 were made, uh, and the uh, the navigating and the planning and the uh, positioning uh, from a salary cap perspective for your team and uh, all those kind of things uh, could be moot uh, just because of uh, of a pandemic, and that and that's uh, that's why Gary Bettman is so uh, headstrong on on trying to make sure that this happens because. It's not just uh, moves for this this year that uh, that your Tampa Bay Lightning have made, or the Vegas Golden Knights, or uh, uh, teams that uh, that are favored in Boston Bruins. Uh, these these moves uh, will affect these teams for two or three years to come because of yeah. uh, of what they've had to yeah. uh, distribute in draft picks or 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 in salary cap concessions. So it's uh, hence why uh, you, you these teams have 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 put themselves in this position you want to give them the opportunity to capitalize on it so darren i want to know like when you look at the east and the west i mean you got on the western side of things obviously vegas looked primed and ready to go and the st louis blues uh, looked as good as in any other team and then on the other side of things who did you like coming out of the east and 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 the west as things were going uh, uh, through the 70 games like who 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 are your kind of favorites to uh to hit a stanley cup here uh, I, I'll, I'll say Washington has been impressive all season. I sort of waited for that dip, but, uh, but, the, but they've been great uh, all season. And, uh, and now that they've got a taste of it uh, from two years ago, uh, I, I, I like what, uh, where, where they are positioned. Uh, Tampa Bay is the most talented team, I think, skill-wise in the, in the entire league. Uh, if they're healthy and, uh, and uh, we're able to turn things on uh, around and learn from last year, then, uh, then I really like, uh, like the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, and, 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 and Boston's the hybrid, uh, skilled, but, uh, but can bang. And, uh, I, you know, if I was going to pick uh, a team out of all of them, I'd probably go uh, like a Boston and then Washington, Tampa, somewhere yeah, around there. That's, a, that's a great just, list, yeah. Well, yeah, but I just I, I don't know like skill wise. Uh, there's so much um, that goes into making things click and at the right time and all kinds. But Boston just has a little more versatility, um, uh, and so I've I, I've been really impressed by Boston coming back after the uh, 
the game seven loss a year ago. But that, but those are the those are the three teams that I would put at the top of the list. But then, like I, I don't know. Uh, coming out of a pause, coming out of a three week training camp, uh, some guys are slow starters. Tuka Rask uh, has kind of changed things a little bit in but the last couple of years. But was always starter, yeah. yeah. So so does that does he have that? Uh, that sluggish start uh, for the first part uh, after the resumption, Th- that that changes your entire. Uh, yeah, young outlook. kids so, could benefit too. Like a yeah, team you were like saying the Toronto that, yeah. Maple Leafs could could benefit with all their young guys. Um, you know, maybe being able to get their legs a little faster than some and of it's the a older fresh guys start who for paused. Them too. Yeah, it's almost right? like a fresh uh, season. So I I, I think uh, all bets are really uh, they're truly off, off now. Yeah, I, I've been I've been talking to a few different people about like who would your favorite be and. And it's, it's really, when you start, to, so skill-wise, you look at, at teams, and you, that's a little more uh, analytical. But, uh, but you can start factoring everything else and then a resumption of the pause. And, and then you also have the, like, who comes back that just isn't in great shape? Because there's always one or two people, key guys. Uh, after any type of uh, pause or lockout or that aren't quite in game shape that that aren't quite in game shape so so who are those key guys that that you just didn't factor in Uh, this is uh, this is as big a mystery as 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 we're going to have yeah Yeah, I know that's uh the the caps to me were kind of that team that uh, I don't want to say under the radar obviously they 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 won it they took it home two years ago but I, I remember the year that they won the cup was almost the kind of year that they were forgotten about where, yeah. you know, they were supposed to win a few years prior. They, they just couldn't get past the Penguins. Holtby didn't where, start the playoffs. Yeah. Like it, yeah. The year that they kind of were just flew in under the radar is, is the year that they really kind of took it home. And you could see the same before the Penguins, before they won there too. You know, there was rumors of, of Malkin potentially being traded. It almost seems that kind of that team that you forget about, that kind of seems to come to light and the caps were that, but they, they, they made some good moves. I liked the addition yeah. of Kovalchuk. I, I really liked Brendan Dillon. I think he's a really great, uh, great stay at home physical defenseman. I was really hoping that a, he ended up in Tampa or B he didn't end up in Toronto. Uh, but the caps uh, seemed to be a good fit. He hopped right onto the first pair and started playing with Carlson. So, uh, you yeah, know how many people are going to be surprised in the resumption uh, and they go, what Kovalchuk's on the caps. I know it's like you uh, almost about forget it. about it because he's like all those, got no those, time those, there. Yeah, it's it's crazy. I'll give you another team like like the Dallas Stars, uh, the, the team that kind of flies under the radar. Good hockey team. Um, yeah, very good. Ben Bishop's a fantastic goalie uh, as well. Yeah, so uh, they've got a one-two punch in in goal. So uh, it, uh, Winnipeg, uh, after all that they've been through, yeah. if they squeak in. Can Winnipeg make some noise? Yeah, it's, uh, and, and I would never team. count out Calgary or, or, or Edmonton uh, with the depth and, uh, and the, uh, the, the, the talent level. Uh, Edmonton kind of has that vibe where something can, you know, it doesn't seem like the team is necessarily complete by any means, but it just seems like the, the heavy star power up front, the ability to separate McDavid and Dreisaitl almost, I, I was feared. I, I mean, I'm not in the West, but like I was kind of, I would be scared to play the Edmonton Oilers going into the playoffs. I just I think the uh, the motion around that team, uh, what they've been through, especially during this pause, uh, and the loss that they suffered um, uh, when they uh, when they come back, and then then they'll be healthy on the back end uh, as well. 
Uh, you won't have, um, uh, they, they also have that, uh, the good combination and goal, which I think they have, that gives them options. Uh, um, look, uh, honestly, I think, I think you could name 18 teams. Yeah. Uh, that, could, <laughs> that could do 18 it. Teams that could win, win, win the Stanley cup this year because of, uh, because of the uniqueness and, and, and normally you're, you're going 15, 14 deep. Uh, team, so it's uh, it's it's bizarre that uh, that a team that's not in a playoff position at the pause, uh, you could see in a Stanley Cup final. But I think it's 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 very possible, very realistic because of the situation that uh, that we're in. That's incredible. Yeah, I mean it's unprecedented times, and it's going to take an unprecedented solution either way. So whatever route that Gary Batman and the uh, Players Association and all the owners decide to go, it's going to be some sort of variation of something that we haven't seen before. Whether they bring back a four-game schedule so that way or whatever, you know, seventy-four. Yeah. Games. Um, which I mean, we've never seen a season stop at that point either. And then see how the playoffs decide to start out, whether there's an expanded wild card or maybe the, the bottom wild card team has to play the first team sitting on the outside in a one game well, or something here's the like thing that. With that. And I talked to a coach about this and, uh, uh, they use Tampa as an example. Uh, the wild card team, if you win in that situation, like a play in scenario, that really gives that team uh, an advantage because you've got more reps, more going. One I mean, game you win it. legs are already going. Right? Got to win. Yeah, you got to be able to win it. But like Tampa didn't play meaningful games down the stretch last year, and they got caught flat-footed. Not the only reason why they lost to Columbus, but uh, no, had been certainly was a factor. Uh, it gives the higher seed uh, puts the higher seed at a disadvantage. So that's that's one of the things that uh, that a few general managers and coaches have talked about is is if there's if there's just a play-in type format, and uh, uh, then that it gives those teams, the team that advances out of that play-in, and again, you've got to win it, but uh, it gives that team uh, an advantage going against the team that, uh, that doesn't have as many reps. So those are the things that are, that are being talked about uh, at a league level. Yeah, I remember growing up, even just playing tournaments and stuff, I hated the buy because you just, yeah. you know what I mean? I'd rather the game under my belt and, you know, get the intensity instead of sitting for a couple of days while other teams are playing. Uh, I, I know what you mean, and there, there's more than one reason I don't want to go on a rant on the why Tampa blew their tire out last year, uh, even though I could. Uh, but, you know, as you <laughs> Sounds mentioned – Sounds like you thought about it a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> had some time to reflect. But uh, as you mentioned, you know, the, the Columbus Blue Jackets were playing every game down the stretch like it was a playoff game where Tampa's, you know, like Kucherov and – Stamkos and Braden Point, they're all setting new personal highs and new personal bests and going for, you know, the, the win streak. And, you know, I brushed that completely under the table the entire time saying you know, it doesn't matter. It's the way that they were playing the games. Uh, but they were trying to win game seven, nothing. They weren't trying to win a game three, one, which is really why I, I kind of liked what I was seeing down the stretch from this year's team. I know the, they just kicked the crap out of Boston and what was a highly anticipated uh, playoff right. match if they meet. Uh, but the way they've been playing games down the stretch this year were completely 180. And, and I wanted Cooper's head last year, uh, but he's finally kind of gotten the team to to play the the St. Louis Blue style way. Whether um, someone mentioned it, I, I know Chris is a, a big uh, fan of the Bolts Jolts account, but he said one thing that really stood with me. He said, "You know, Tampa's always been the league kind of sweetheart for the last couple of years. Where, you know, it's." I'm tired of being the, the nice guy, you know, so to speak. The Blues, I don't want to say they bullied their way to a cup, but, you know, they were starting to play as the villain, which at this point, I'll, I'll take that over what they were doing last year. That's all I'll say. 
Tampa, I, I thought the turning point for Tampa really came in uh, in November, December, when they had their, such a difficult schedule. And they it, it wasn't just win hockey games. Uh, and it certainly wasn't win hockey games by three or four goals. It was survive. Yeah. And and uh, and try and come through at uh, 500 with their head just slightly above water, and they were able to do that. And and John Cooper had to do uh, a lot more coaching and a lot more maneuvering with this with this hockey club. And and I was really impressed with the job that he did. So uh, I think uh, I think Tampa uh, saved their season or positioned themselves for for what you saw down the stretch and uh, and the great hockey that they were playing. Yeah, uh, Vasilevsky is a late question mark. Vasilevsky is a question mark in the playoffs. I mean, his goals against average, save percentage, not very impressive, but I think, see, I think you did see a lot of, uh, like you said, Barkley Goodrow, maybe not a guy you would normally give up a first no. round pick for, but a heavy guy, a hard guy to play against, a guy who four checks, a guy who isn't afraid to drop the gloves, kind of that kind of that little bit of playoff nastiness that maybe the Tampa Bay Lightning have always scored a big goal for the Sharks against the Vegas Golden Knights. Didn't he uh, take them right out? I, uh, I, just on the Vasilevsky front, uh, I'm, I'm not uh, concerned about him. I know the the stumble last year, but, uh, but uh, he's uh, in that, that final against Chicago uh, uh, when, when Bishop went out and Vasilevsky Mm -hmm. went in, uh, I saw a guy that was as poised and confident and, uh, and just ice water in his veins. Uh, I, I'm a I'm a big fan, and there may have been a blip last year, but uh, but I consider him uh, the best goaltender in the league. If not, uh, then then he's in in top three, and uh, and you can argue for for whoever you want. But uh, but uh, I, I'm a massive fan of Vasilevsky, and I'm I'm I, I was excited to see what he was going to be able to do. Well, I, it looks like we're going to get the chance to see that. And yeah. uh, an interesting Hopefully. tidbit, I remember from the uh, – I miss Yeisman as a GM. I, I don't want to get that wrong. I like what Julian Breesbois has done, uh, but it's tough to see the way that Yeisman left. And I always knew that he was going home to Detroit. Uh, and I, I, I have a feeling he's going to do great things there. Too. Maybe yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's got the chance to start from complete scratch. Now, he kind of – I don't want to say went off the board and took more at cider as his first, uh, first pick as, as a GM. Uh, but he looked very good in the AHL this year, uh, a product out of Germany, the, the amount of players coming out of Germany now, and you're going to see another one at the top of the draft board this year in Tim Stutzel uh, is really incredible. You're seeing like really the, uh, diversity of the league at this point like finland the amount Marco of Sturm is a great is great with that german program Marcel Gotch. yeah mm-hmm. but, uh, yeah yeah there's some great he does a some, lot of work with Mannheim. yeah uh, yeah over there no they, uh, they they have a great program right now and you're seeing this the the players coming up in the draft and you're seeing uh you know like you said german and uh there's a lot of hockey Finland. I mean, Finland is on top of uh, their, their game as far as producing hockey yeah. players as well. It's nice to see. And you know what else is nice to see that there's some positive news and it looks like that we're going to be able to finish this season uh, in some facet or another, whether it be in NHL arenas or maybe in AHL arenas and kind of low um, infected areas, you know, like you said, quarantine right. down the hospitals, everything else. But Darren Millard, I don't want to take up too much more of your Sunday, my friend. I want to uh, thank you for coming by and let everyone know that the chirp with Darren Millard season two is back out now. You can get that where anywhere podcasts are and on DeanBlendell.com. You got it. All right, buddy. Well, thanks a lot so much for spending this time with us on Get the Puck Out, man. Great talking with you, and we'll hopefully talk to you again soon. 
Hey, you guys, uh, we've worked hard at this. Uh, so I apologize for taking uh, the week uh, to connect even in a pandemic. So uh, thanks for sticking with me and uh, appreciate the hockey talk. It's no, been buddy, fun. Anytime. I appreciate it as well, man. It's been a great time. Take care. You bet. You too. All right, guys, that was Darren Millard of the Vegas Golden Knights on Get the Puck Out. Kyle, great time today, buddy. Good chatting with you. We will be back next week, and hopefully there's even more progress being made.